Bigger than cakes. Give me some outside. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it. Welcome to Bigger Than Capes. This is our July roundup, where we're rounding up some indie comics from July. I'm joined by Angela, Matt and Will. Yep, we are just scraping in um, under that January, sorry, January, July, um, like boundary, because we are recording in July. (laughs) Promise. (laughs) (laughs) This will come out in July, right? July is still July on Saturday. Oh, it is. It's a long month, July. It's longer than you think. It is, I thought. It, oh, my God. And you've shattered the illusion that we do these live, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we've we maintained very well. That's yes. definitely, definitely a commonly held belief. Yeah. We, we yeah, always record well live from the Bigger Than yeah. Cape studio. Yeah, in, all the, in the like, clouds. The Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> I've watched the, chi- the Twitch chats for us now. Can we get some Where F's We live in chat? at the top of Big Ben. <laughs> Maybe we should start doing this on Twitch. Are we that, are we that no. kind of p- people no. yet? No, no thank too you. Old no. For Twitch. I refuse. I think um, it's a medical condition. <laughs> uh, well, so, uh, this has been nice. Yeah. Put <laughs> you all again uh, next month. Yes. You know, we make that joke every single month, I think. <laughs> We've got like the same it's five probably, jokes we hit every time. Me every time. Yeah. Pretty sure it is. So what what what's everyone been doing? Everyone good? Everyone been psyched? Yeah. I'm good. Super Very good. Psyched for whatever this is. Uh, <laughs> Always. Always. I've watched a few watched a few movies recently. Some very good. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh yeah, from mm. from, look. from the sort of Sony studio that, that did Into the Spider Verse, and uh, yeah, it's very good, mm. very good, uh, fun animation. Um, I watched Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the, Army of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. All right. There was a brief second there where I thought you were going to say Justice League and we were going to have to stop talking. Nope. <laughs> Four hours of my life I'm keeping. Thank you. I got 20 minutes in. I think I've said this on about 100 podcasts now. 20 minutes in before deciding life wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Nothing is different um, in those 20 you, well, minutes. Well, yeah, like in 20 minutes <laughs> you found anti-life. Yeah. Solved the well, equation. Moved on. I don't, I don't know if anybody's seen Army of the Dead Um but in my most humble of opinion, Zack Snyder took a really cool concept and managed to managed to ruin it in two and a half hours. That's kind I, of what I've heard. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the wrestling match. Well, there was oh, a, a, a pay per view sponsored by it, in which to follow well, through with that, yeah. they surrounded a ring with actors yeah, the zombies playing with zombies. The lumberjacks in a lumberjack match. Deliciously I mean, stupid. Amazing. <laughs> Yet they didn't bring back uh, like uh, WWE CW superstar, the ECW zombie. That that major name that I'm sure you all recognise from your childhoods misspent, teenage years misspent. Let's be honest, 
Let's be honest. Let's be honest. And let all of us be honest. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, like, I... I, I, I'd i heard that that was the situation with that film. That I mean, like, heist movie set in zombie-infested city should just be a win. Yeah. It should. And for probably the first... I mean, it's because it's a really long film. But for the first maybe 30, 40 minutes, it's not bad. Mm. Kind of set up the characters and their, you know, their kind of motivations and the action is sort of over the top and very... Uh, which one did he do? Dawn of the Dead? Yes, the, in the mall. Two, 2000s remake. Yeah, and that one I liked. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. But I, a... I think it's probably his best film. Yeah. And it's like, and it's okay. It's like better. It's better than anything else he's, he's ever made. Yeah. Um, but it takes a certain kind of twist at a point to add an extra layer and it's just the dumbest layer and it really kind of ruins everything else about the film mm. so that's my that's my brief review of that um sounds sorry, great i'm gonna get right on that just talking <laughs> of movies for a second um today i was um just a another podcast that i listened to sorry they do exist um <laughs> other podcasts are available um I, they, they were just doing a call out for um, their sort of like it's a movie podcast and like going like hey point us to some um, weird kind of like maybe bad um, like independent movies generally made by like studio like sorry, generally made by people with enough money and enough ego about all of this that we don't feel bad making fun of an independent movie uh, and. I saw in the links on like one of the uh, like one of the things on uh, IMDb that uh, someone had um, linked to a film called uh, from 2017 Attack of the Adult Babies. Um, <laughs> but there's a there's it's like written uh, by um, or directed by like one of the people from Emmerdale and has a ton of people from Emmerdale in it and some from Coronation saying. Street. But there's a there's a great piece of, like. There's just a great piece in the trivia section, which is just the dumbest thing I've ever read. Like, maybe not, not maybe not as good as the thing in the uh, TMNT um, wiki uh, last <laughs> time. But um, trivia, although it has been stated by at least one critic that the film is a satire of Tories (brackets conservatives), this is not entirely true. At no point are the allegiances of any of the politicians actually specified. One or two of them are serving ministers, and at least one is a judge. But the working class accents of some of the adult babies suggest that some of them may be Labour MPs or even from the Liberal Democrats. None are Scottish, Welsh or Northern Irish. Um, <laughs> I don't know I, what, what's the definition of adult baby. I'm really struggling to picture what that is. I'm just picturing someone in a nappy. I mean, that's, that's basically yeah. the image that they that they go with for it. But it's like it just it just makes me laugh that they, that it's like, well, not all of them have received pronunciation, so they can't they can't all be Tories. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was just a thing that I discovered today. 
That sounds like the kind of note uh, that's been added to the trivia in IMDb by someone who wanted to watch this film, but in themselves is a Tory and desperately... Yes, and desperately <laughs> needs to feel like they're not being made fun of. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make any assumptions, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. right. <laughs> Anyone else been up to anything? I've not wa- I've not watched any movies, so I have nothing to contribute. I, I've watched a bunch of movies. Like I've been I've been watching some like um, Sammo Hung uh, like uh, movies. Like um, I watched like Chinese uh, Millionaires Express, uh, which is about a train full of millionaires um, that that gets de like that gets like derailed by a poor town to help revive its um economy by like saboteurs and stuff and there's a bunch of like different criminal gangs and cynthia rothrock uh is in it and she always had incredible fight scenes love cynthia rothrock um she has like maybe the best fight in the film against Sammo hung um so that was like a film i really enjoyed the only problem was that the su- oh, like on the second half the subtitles started being intermittent <laughs> So I had to kind of guess Piece from context. Together. I had to kind of guess from context clues, and um, part of like a and, and like the the occasional subtitles, the the exact plot that was going on at all times. But there is a bit oh that's incredible, um, where uh, Samo Hung is uh, dri- like rides back on a motor like in, in in like a motorbike with a sidecar with like the Chinese like. Um, bounty hunter like lawman who was sent to catch him in russia um and like they've met back up in this town in like um like mancuria like in uh in like mancuria and uh manchuria sorry and um there's a minigun like a gatling gun a hand cranked gatling gun attached to the sidecar of this motorbike and they just start gunning down chinese cowboys in like and it's the best scene in anything i've seen in a while <laughs> that has immediately reminded me of that stupid fucking scene in Jonah Hex where he's got Gatling oh and he's my God. on his horse. So thanks for that. Matt. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Because I have not seen it. I also watched uh, Bad Boys for Life, which is the one Michael Bay franchise that I uh, that I quite enjoy. But if you like Mike, if you like uh, bad boys it's another one if you don't like bad boys it's another, it's another one, one. <laughs> oh rain started again that yes that'll I, be I, of a lot of use to our to our listeners <laughs> <laughs> i i think over the years i've come to kind of like enjoy michael bay's films in a kind of purely like huh, why the fuck not i mean i kind like of way. yeah I like The Rock. The Rock's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like The Rock and I like Bad yeah. Boys, but I don't know, throw some others out at me, because uh, I can't think of any that I like. Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the remake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, I think they were qu- quite forgettable. Transformers 1 through 15. Yeah, <laughs> awful. Yeah. Uh, that one where Mark Wahlberg and The Rock kidnap a guy. That, that, that was dumb enough to be funny. Is that Pain and Gain? 
Yes. Oh, I've heard that that's surprisingly yes. good. Um, okay, not seen I, it. I, I watched that with my dad and granddad, and um, my dad tolerated it, my granddad hated it, and I thought it was pretty great. So I think that's generationally, I'm correct. And uh, if you're older yeah. than me, you're probably not going to be as into it. If you're much older than me, you're probably going to think it sucks. <laughs> Reviews. Yeah. This is what we should be bringing to the website. Little like one paragraph so, reviews with a shrug at the end. <laughs> so well, like this tried. thing is fine. I've if tried. you don't, it's great. Do we have yeah. any uh, any news this uh, this month? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> there is news. Is the news? Do we uh, have any of it? Yes. Will Will looks like he he's looking up something there. Um, yeah. <laughs> It looks like he has a list. Looks like I'm drawing something from memory, Angela. Thank you very much. (laughs) Not looking at my notes. Uh, But yes, uh, Kurt Busiek is reissuing all of his books digitally through Image. I think we actually mentioned on a podcast that, or maybe before we started recording, I don't know, but that Astro City had disappeared from Comixology. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did mention that. And this now explains why. it's really good to get all of those books again. Uh, yep. Astro City is a particular highlight uh, for me, and I'm pretty sure you too, Zach. Yeah, I. what this has got me curious about is I don't own any like physical copies of Astro City other than the first one. I'd, I'd really like to get some nice like hardback editions of the full run from Image. I know everything's been said to be digital so far, but... I think if these sell well... Yeah. And yeah, I... I, I I'd really like it. Or I could see them kickstarting some like omnibus editions. And I can live with that in a way. Wow. Um, although that just reminds me of something Kurt Busiek. Oh, Kurt Busiek doesn't need extras. That's right. That was uh, in the Kickstarter debate we talked oh, about the yes. other day. Um, of, is it more important for Kickstarter stretch goals or Kickstarters to pay more to creators? And Kurt Kurt doesn't want merchandise. Kurt doesn't want bookmarks. I, I want an Astro City bookmark, damn it. If you're going to kickstart something, Kurt, hear me. I think in the end, like, creators make that decision of, like, yeah. how they want to yeah. set their price point. And I, wh- whether I buy it or not is based on whether what I get is worth what they're asking for. The it. shipping yeah. fee from the US, let's be honest. And, and yeah. also the astronomical <laughs> yeah. shipping oh, fee. Oh, I backed um frost haven like the sequel to gloomhaven and if you've ever seen how big the box for gloomhaven is well the box, for frost, ha- the box for frost haven is even bigger um and i've had to pay to get that shipped uh, that is not a good thing a griffin. <laughs> yeah on the, um, on the plus side at least it's you know somewhere new to live yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> i mean I, I I never want to be a landlord, but I could. <laughs> Hire out the space to live inside Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. Yeah, I bet you could. Certainly in London, because you know people literally have like little <laughs> tiny rooms with a bed in that you can't even get into, and that's like two hundred fifty thousand pounds. Yeah, you, you get much. that that nice bathroom slash kitchen set up. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, is... no. Um, Busiek, good, really good to have his stuff like more easily available yes i i I, like you zach would love a really good like hard like some really good hardbacks 
like a, a omnibus sort of style things. Does it yeah. does it ever bug anyone else slightly when they call it an omnibus and it's multiple volumes? Like because it's not what the word means. And I know that's me just being the biggest pedant in the world. You want it like the Emmerdale omnibus where you just get, you know, <laughs> the entirety in one in one yeah. program. Yeah. No, I, I it, it, it is a misuse me. of the word. It shouldn't bother me. It is literally the most pedantic thing. <laughs> it is fairly immaterial. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope that it this is a prelude to Kurt Busiek making new stuff. Yes. And mm. ho- hopefully yeah. making more autumn lands, which yes. I liked a lot. And Could happen any year now. Just stopped <laughs> any decade. About... Autumn lands was cool. This yeah. does seem to suggest, though, that, you know, obviously the uh, long-standing deal, everything's been distributed by, what, Vertigo for, God, I don't know, 20 years? So does that mean that, well, maybe not 20 years, because he's bounced between all the publishers with Astro City. Yeah. Does this mean that, like, is this a leftover thing from Vertigo ceasing to exist? And then maybe. possibly DC not wanting to continue the license. And yeah. let's let's be honest, uh, black label Astro City doesn't exactly. Well, I think work I think Buziek would resist them, like allowing it to be folded in. I get the impression he's got that much control. Well, the fact yeah. that you know he's now yeah. moved it to Image suggests that. So I think yes. for DC, like if they can't fold those characters into their universe, what's the point? That's what they do. Yeah. So I think it's a property that they're not, you know, they're not making enough money off. And unlike something like the Authority or yeah. Hey, look what uh, it did. Look how well it did for Watchmen. Yeah, <laughs> it always pans out. Brills. Um, but yeah, glad it's glad it's coming back, and I hope it kind of strikes a new audience because Astro City feels like it, they're sort of timeless stories. Mm. I think, apart from certain sections, you can kind of read them in any order as well. Like they're not. Yeah, a lot of it, at least. Some of it is kind of sequential, but a lot of it's. Uh, just little little vignettes, real good. Yeah. That's true, and yeah, I, I agree. I hope it reaches new cool people, and new cool and people, and new cool and people. You've become an unperson. <laughs> That's how it happens. Yeah. I'm not even gonna retake that and edit it out. I'm just gonna people and people. Even. Those were the two types of people from the uh, time machine, right? People and unpeople. That's what that's we have right. at the end of time. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. You fucking block. <laughs> Takes one to know one, mate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, more locks. Um, a quick secondary bit of news, if we've got time for it. Yeah. Is, Why uh, the hell not? Scott yeah. Snyder's uh. Octo deal. I've decided to christen it with Netflix. With Netflix, goddamn! Scott Snyder will return in Octo Deal. <laughs> His Octo Deal uh, with Comicology, and yep. uh, it is. I think it seems pretty akin to Mark Miller's deal with Netflix. Yeah. Um, possibly to get some first rights going on for tv and, and filmmaking seems to kind of be the trajectory these days is that if your name is big enough you can uh sort of sell all of your film rights for comics you haven't written yet yeah yeah it's always, like always been my idea. dream 
(laughs) (laughs) Pay me first and then I'll write the book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was always, I mean, to be fair, that's been a Mark Miller thing for a very long time now, is like, sure, just like writing a film that as much feels like it could just be, sorry, writing a film, writing a comic that feels like it's basically just proof of concept to get a movie made yeah. or yeah. something. So like, yeah, I mean, and Scott Snyder seems like, you know, is, is a really good writer. So yeah, if it means that we get more things from Scott Snyder, then hey, really. Yeah, I guess that's the, it's not intrinsically a bad thing. Yeah. No. I'd, I'd no. rather like they were writing comics for comics rather than yeah. kind of like with the intent of it being a like a, with the intent of something being a franchise mm-hmm. like i mean yeah. we, we've not had any confirmation that that's what that there's a link up no, with amazon so it, it could just yeah. be like all the other comicsology titles um but it it's a lot eight books coming in yeah. mm. is it eight books four in october four in the one after October, November. November yes. Yeah. Um, you know, how are they released? Are they going to be just issues, or are they going to be like trade length? One-offs? I think what they're they? meant to. I think they're going to be single issues. Um, okay. I could be wrong, you know. Maybe I've just made that up. I wondered if it was like trade, but again, it could. I... It could be trades. It's a lot to put out all at once, but it is a huge amount. But yeah, I don't yeah. know whether it's just a like like TKO will sort of. Drop you know, do it, do it, yeah, yeah, all at once. So, uh, but do it infrequently. I just wondered if they were going for the same tact. So, are we going to do Scott Tober or Snide Vember? <laughs> why not? Why not both? Why not both? Uh, why, why, we've already got no. We've, no we've got no box. listeners to lose, so we might as well do it. <laughs> hey, we have dozens of listeners. Dozens. Oh, well, we don't want to lose those dozens. <laughs> yeah. So there are dozens of us, Zach. <laughs> Man, I will use that joke at every opportunity. I'm sure we've all noticed the the eight titles we've we've got we're getting from old Scott himself. Old <laughs> uh, Scotty Sny. We're getting Barnstormers with uh, Tula Lote. We're getting the the next one. The other. The, the other eight. <laughs> the Book of Evil. With uh, art by Jock, we are getting Canary with art by Dan Panosian. We're getting Clear with Francis Manipal, Duck and Ooh. Cover Ooh, with uh, Raphael Albuquerque, Dudley Datsun with uh, oh sorry Dudley Datsun and the Forever Machine with uh, mm. Jamal Eagle and Juan Castro. Uh, and then we're getting Night of the Ghoul with uh, Fran- uh, Francesco Francavilla. Francesco Francavilla. Say it fast enough, it'll sound Francesco right. Francesco <laughs> uh, We have Demons with Greg Capullo and Jonathan Galapian. Galapian? Galapian. And uh, apparently that's eight. I don't, I don't. I lost count. That is a killer's row of artists. Yeah. It is. I think that's the thing. Even if you're not that into Scott Snyder, there's some artists that that's work draw. quite infrequently yeah. on yeah, yeah, anything, and <laughs> are often mainly working big too. Yeah. Yes, I guess if these sort of deals fuel those 
type of projects, then good. I mean, yeah. to be fair, like, I, I, I mean, I want comics people to make better money. Like, yeah, so I just, I just kind of want it to be in a healthy man. way. You know, like, I think, I think, oh, the same. Is, you know, like, I, I think there's a good way to do it. And then but I just mean, there's sense, like, releasing a least, billion covers. At least there's lots yeah. of artists working on, like, good artists, like, working on these. And, like, yeah. It should be exciting to see, kind of what comes out, yeah. and I, I, I think we'll we'll at least look, we'll at least each look at a cover and go, oh, pretty, I want to read that. Yeah, the covers yeah. by and large are pretty awesome, to be fair. Yeah. And I, I do think with this, it, it, I guess it's another step towards comicsology originals, you know, seeming as legitimate as they are. I think people still overlook them at times because it's just digital and comic book fans yeah. are obsessed with physical single issues. <laughs> I read yeah. the Super Freaks. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. That was I, a fun I, book. I think I've read quite a lot. I mean, I know both of us get stuff free through Prime reading and stuff. And I've, I think I've read most things. I've read Super Freaks and I've read the Pride, obviously is mm-hmm. something yeah. that we, yeah. we, we mention frequently. Yeah. Um, feel like we, we need to like express that there are other comicsology originals available yeah <laughs> snow um, angels is very good snow angels is very good and that one i was reading with the people in the woods was good you know the one yeah, yeah. Wait, you were reading it with people in the woods no it's <laughs> about like you're reading it in the woods with people you just went out <laughs> discovered like discovered either a, a dark ritual or a dogging site and started reading it with, with them. Both captive audiences, I find. <laughs> um, shit, what's the book called, Angela? You, you <laughs> must know. And I've read it. <laughs> I never All I can mean. think of is Hailstone. Hailstone. Thank That's goodness. My oh. mind was just filled with images of you marching through a docking site, just reading a comic aloud. Ooh. You ever tried reading a comic aloud to someone? They do not get enough from that. No. <laughs> include, you have to do all the onomatopoeia as well. Yeah, recreate the panels. Crack-a-boom. In mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, with that, shall we, uh, shall we move on to comics? Yes. Indeed we shall. Um, oh, it looks like I'm first. So the comic that is my duty to announce is Orcs in Space. Yeah. It's written... Right, it's got a long list of creators, so bear with. Well, it's written definitely. by Justin Roiland, Michael Tanner, Rashad Geith, and Abed Geith. The art and lettering is by Francois Vigneault, I'm going for. Colours by DJ Chavez and Dave Pender. It's published by Oni Press. So what do you guys think of Orcs in Space? Tell us more about Orcs in Space, Will. Give us some plot. Things. Christ, it is, is there? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so Orcs in Space is about uh, a star bleep vessel as a 
thin facade for Starfleet, lands on a planet inhabited completely by orcs of the mythical sense who uh, accidentally hijack the ship and go on a bender through space, being chased by both their own people uh, and Starbleep and a wicked assassin. Yeah, Betty Hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I quite enjoyed I quite enjoyed this. Um, I like the the free orcs are like um, Gore, who has cool hair and an axe and just wants to fight things. Um, like Mongta, who is real big, likes flowers. Uh, and Kravis, who's just the best one. True. Um, True. Like Kravis, who's just tiny and 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 friend. And, th- and <laughs> the, the thoughtful one. Yeah. Yeah. Out, out of curiosity, does anyone else find themselves um, relating to Lieutenant Rando, or have I spent too much time working in admin? No. Um, no, no, no. I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He's all our spirit animals. Not being listened to. Yeah. It is the 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 admin experience boiled down. Yeah. Yeah. I've got kind of mixed feelings about this book. Yeah. I think some of it just some it's the humor really like some of it really lands for me and then some of it just really oh, doesn't oh yeah like it's i found it kind of hit hit and miss but mm. like i think i enjoyed more than i didn't so i kind of with a comedy book that's kind of like as broad as this mm-hmm. like that i i think that's kind of what you've got to that that's that's kind of a, a, about as good as you could probably do like is is to just come is to is to hit enough like to 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 for me to kind of not feel the time when i'm reading it and to to laugh enough to kind of to to think more about the laughs i had than the ones that didn't hit i think it was i think the balance is probably the other way for me i think um for all the bits i did enjoy um Overall, it just—I don't think it was quite enough. Yeah. See, I—I I saw the humor. The humor made me nostalgic, which sounds weird. But as a kid, I used to read a lot of Star Trek parodies because I was a Star <laughs> Trek fan. So this took me back to those days of sneaking into the adult section of the library and taking out the little Star Trek parodies that my mother was then horrified that I was reading. Um, so, yeah, I was like, oh, God, this reminds me. And then I think back and I think, yeah, there's probably published about 1990. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 it's a bit dated, but I liked it for nostalgia reasons. And also robot assassin. So I just like I I I wasn't the biggest fan like of a lot of the time like the gags when the orcs were like talking about orc orc world and it's it'd be like um X X orc whose title is like the lawless doing something that's obviously very involving the law and so those ones didn't get me that much but like I did like. The I, I, I did like the orcs and like I like the kind of throwing them into a like the kind of throwing them into that situation of like being on 
super advanced spaceship dealing with mm. um, space stuff when they have no concept of the all like uh, of space at all, and just like, but kind of despite being weird killing machines, are also occasional of really deep spits of empathy occasionally <laughs> that I find just real I find really funny mm. is just like the kind of like oh I oh you've made me feel bad now. I picked out some of the bits I thought were the funniest bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like remember Crab Thor the Unforgiving? He still hasn't forgiven us. It's just a good one liner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good like, stuff. That one I but liked I, I, the most out of those sorts of jokes. I agree with Angela as well, though. Like the some of the Star Trek kind of parody stuff, I think was quite funny. Um, particularly the joke about the sort of high commando, and he says, uh, "Now is the time to act." And I have. I think we should wait. Yeah. And that, like <laughs> it's just yeah. so bureaucratic, and that none of them could believe that anybody would commit a crime. That they live in such a utopia yeah. that yeah. The, yeah. the thought of their ship being stolen is just beyond them. Why would them. they do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was also a big fan of, uh, I think it's Kravis, who's like, I've been thinking, and uh, Gore immediately cuts in with, thinking's dumb. Dumb, it makes you <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it did. yeah. Um, there's another great bit where um, where the bounty hunter who's after them, um, what's Dash, Dash Blastoff, Blastoff yeah. um, set, it's a good name, has set a, like, a snare trap. Um, yes. And like for uh, Mongta in the like in the garden room, and you just see him hiding in the bushes, and he just says the line, "I'm really good at this." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, then, that whole bit as well with the snare, and he's he set it for Mongta who just falls asleep. Yeah. And then he gets Kravis with it instead, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah planned it like that all along. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, like, the kind of, like, just Homer falling down the Springfield Gorge in the, uh, on, like, the stretcher sort of level of just panels of him being whacked over and over again by each side um, of the tree snapping back and forth. Yeah, um, I think that's, maybe that's it. Like, it, it's good humour, but it's just good humour that I've seen, and I, I, I wonder if that's why it didn't quite, yeah, there's nothing new. As you describe it, and I look back through it, I kind of think of it a bit more favourably, but I just think it's your enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, it's just it like, and me. again, I'm picking out, I'm, I'm just talking about bits I enjoyed as much as anything. But like, yeah. I, I like a lot of the, the look, like, I like a lot of the look of the orcs as well. Like, I think they have like, mostly very simple, but really fun designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're really like immediately evocative of like who the characters are um especially when you put the three of them together mm. like you can basically like tell just about everything about them by looking at by just looking at them and that's great that's true um also like they have kind of a even though i hate like garbage pale kids and stuff. They have a very garbage pale kid. Yeah. I um I really liked there's the one scene where they're in the bar um and Gore's being talked to by the two like goo people. Yes. And then oh, just cuts yeah. one of them in half with an axe with just with the uh 
I can't think what it is. Is it just like who wants some mayhem? Are you ready yeah. for some mayhem? I, I really liked that whole sequence. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know if it was just because it was so different than a lot of what had come beforehand. I think it breaks it up nicely. Uh, yeah, and again, like it was just one of these bits that made me really like the book, which was just about like just him then like having to reckon with the fact he was just like actually an asshole. Yeah, um, they, were just, they just wanted to ask about your hair. Yeah, they were complimenting your hair. They really appreciate your cool hair. And him just having to be like, well, it's rude to point. Yeah. <laughs> like, because he can't, like, he has to make a reason that he did what he did. It's great. Positively, like, I, th- I do think the art, like, the, the general design is pretty cool, uh, particularly yeah. for Dash Blast stuff. Okay. Uh, that's a cool, that's so, a cool look. I am going to state a slight theory here about Dash Blastoff's design. Okay. Okay. So, like, I know that, like, he's meant to look like a sort of, like, the the armor and stuff design is meant to make him look like insectoid. Um, And stuff like, he's got, like, the kind of, uh, like, compound eye-looking thing. He's got, like, the, the head shape and stuff, and he's got, like, the, the four arms. However, he also has a giant pacifier, mm-hmm. and the and he has the two tiny arms at the center, which are not yeah. seemingly as yeah. robotic. I think he might be an adult baby. <laughs> I'm not sure about an adult baby, but I'm fairly certain that at some point it's going to open up. It will reveal a that Tory. he is a... <laughs> not, that, not necessarily we, we don't know his accent. Uh, <laughs> do know he's not from Northern Ireland, Wales, or Scotland. Um, but, like, yeah, it'll reveal that he's just a baby... Um, in there or something, and those, and it's like just those two tiny arms. Um, there's like a similar gag in like the first season of um, of Close Enough, um, which is great. It's like the newest series by uh, JG Quintel, who did a regular show, um, mm. where like there's like a, a, a TikTok, like Instagram influencer type person who um, is revealed to be a a like a baby in a jar in like a in in like a high chair inside like that 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 stretches into his pant legs um and a giant oversized hoodie on to cover up his tiny body um it's weird and i'm just expecting that now um with uh dash blast off which is a very good name such a good, good name. So and, good. Oh, and I think we, it's a sound prediction. Yeah, and also like I I do appreciate like um the 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 just weird bureaucracy and over and like over niceness of like the Starfleet analog. Mm. Um that's 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 just great. Um very yeah, like just well, well, let, I'm sure it'll work itself out, sort of thing. And also, like, well, we can't do things exactly like that. Um, it's it's a I, it's a great little. I did enjoy the the accountant's gag. Yes. So, sir, there's an unauthorized charge for alcohol. My God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
also, I like how the they time. have an accountancy division. Like yes. that's there's an entire department whose sole responsibility is to do the accounts. Yeah. Yeah. I think though my overall impression and it might be maybe a lack of imagination on my part, but I just think I don't think the gag will last. I think if this I'm was not a sure if it will. But I think I think if this was a single issue or maybe a, something inside of an anthology of like just just running on that joke that orcs are in space, I think yeah. I'd quite enjoy that. But I think as a a lengthy series, I mean, even just we had the first two issues back to back, and yeah. I did enjoy bits of it. Like I'm I'm definitely not really down on it, but it felt like that was enough. I had my film by two. I, I can I can get that. Like I enjoyed it enough that I'm going to kind of probably try and keep up with this, um, or at least like get it in trade. Like um, it's it's fun. Like it's 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 dumb and like it is like orcs in space without just being like Games Workshop. Like uh, orcs with a K, orcs in space, and we none of and we we didn't mention this very um, Donna. Yeah, Donna is great. Like and her and Kravis have just a really nice sort of relationship. She's like the 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 like you know I I appreciate these two the this orc and this floating eyeball computer just discussing life. But I, th- I think that gives us more than just the standing joke. This gives us that ultimately, as a AI, Donna has been treated better by three stupid fucking yeah. orcs than yeah, by no the entirety of Star. Yeah, because like, they have no concept of like, oh, it's a machine. Like, so, so, like, Kravis is just like, yeah, do you, would you like anything? Like, whilst we're here, because and yeah, like, it's not something someone who assumes that like, oh, it's a computer, it's a robot. And therefore, you know, it's got everything it, it could ever need. Mm. Like, it's, yeah, it's great. And, yeah, I love Kravitz. It's <laughs> <laughs> your takeaway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, is that uh, everything on Orcs in Space? What were you, Zach Angela, what was your overall? Oh, sorry. I I I liked it. I I liked it because I think it was it was my inner eight year old, frankly, who was just like, mm. man, this reminds me of my youth. Um, yeah. So I don't need. I think it doesn't need to be very long. I think if you make it, you couldn't do this as an ongoing. I think it needs to be a fairly self-contained story of some sort. But I liked the art. Um, the orcs you can all you know you can tell they're all individuals just from the design um i liked donna because put an ai in something and i'll read it as we know and yeah i actually i probably enjoyed it i enjoyed it more than you will i can safely say um how much of that was nostalgia i don't know but yeah i just had a nice time with some orcs in space yeah don't think it always matters why you're enjoying it it's good to enjoy. I'm, I am kind of curious. I think this might only be. I think there's only been four issues solicited so far, um, and that's the full first arc. So maybe it will be quite a brief thing. So yeah, I mean, I, I 
I'd love this as just a limited series. Yeah, and I can yeah. see that it, it might just be those four issues and done. And I think across four issues, well, three issues kind of, because this has come as a two-in-one. Two-in-one. Um, I think you could probably get enough for this to be quite a decent graphic novel type thing. I do wonder... Yeah. With, with a two-in-one issue as the start, is should this have just been a graphic novel? Yeah, it does. It feels like yeah, you could it, have just put it all out there as one read rather than do it in yeah. singles. But as we all know, yeah. all comic it's not book comics work. I, no. I would have preferred singles. it in the old sort of Oni Press style of just putting out an OGN, like a small yeah. like in their old sort of like digest sort of manga size volumes um like i feel like that would have just been pretty perfect to this but i feel like maybe with the fact that like justin roiland is working on it they were like oh we can you know like we should probably put this out as singles like a name recognition yeah yeah mm, yeah true. no I, well i i don't really like buying singles um no so I, 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 I yeah would have preferred a trade um even then, like I say, it's probably already about as long as I would have liked it. But I do, I appreciate like they seem to, they seem to have a good feel for how long it should be. They're not, you know, they're not yes. kind of just trying to spin it out forever. And I appreciate that. Like it's not quite for me, but I wouldn't kind of hesitate to recommend this book to others who I think might like it. You know, it's not. I don't think it's a bad comic. It just sort of misses misses the mark for me. Yes. Fair enough. Um, so, Angela, talking of missing the mark, how about someone who never misses the mark? Indeed, that that someone would would be Ninjak um, from Valiant. Um, so, this is the relaunch of Ninjak. We have had many Ninjaks over the years. This is the latest attempt to make Ninjak be popular again. Um, and it is the words the words and art are by Jeff Parker and Javier Polido. Yep. Um, and uh, Javier Polito also does the letters with one of my favourite letters, Dave Sharp, which is nice. Um, so for those of you unfamiliar with Ninjak, um, Ninjak is a ninja. He used to work for MI6. He's not now because of the events of Ninja K, which was the previous run. You don't need to know what went on there you get enough background in here to know that he's split with MI6, which has made Neville very sad. Um, and he's out there. His real name is Colin King. He's out there. He is doing sort of assassination jobs for money. But on the side, he's doing his own version of vigilante personal justice, which is where we find him. He is being shadowed by one of the Songbird Field agents, who is Minor, Minor yeah. Bird. Minor Bird. That, yeah, Minor Bird. Um, and while she's observing him uh, rescuing a journalist, which is a very on-the-nose yeah, Jamal, current event, she... yeah, very much, which I actually appreciate it because it's very rare that Valiant will actually go there. Mm. Um, so well done for that. So while he's doing that, um, Neville, who is who was Colin's handler in MI6 and basically the only friend he's had, um, is meeting with Mr. Darbin in a bar. They end up drugged, and the names of various undercover agents get leaked. If you've seen Skyfall, it's a bit like that, but with absinthe. Um, and <laughs> it all gets leaked. Um, so these guys get knocked off. Um, 
Ninjak rescues Minor, and then they have to run away. Um, so, yeah, it's a very different take on Ninjak in terms of you've got sort of modern politics working their way in there, which is I actually approve of because it's taking a chance, Valiant. Well done. And the art is unlike, completely unlike any of the other Valiant books at all. It is yeah. completely different. It's completely mm. new. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. And I just love the fact that they went somewhere different with it because Valiant have not been taking many risks. They've not been making many books, let's be honest. And they flung this out there with an interesting story. There's little bits of Colin's background scattered in there. So if you're a new reader, you can probably pick stuff up. But just the whole art is just so good. The colouring is great. The yeah. Even just the panels, the bit in the bar with um, Neville and Mr. Darbin, just the way those panels are laid out is just really, really good. Um, it's just a really, really good book, and it's really nice to actually say that Valiant are back on form with Ninjak. If you would like to know more about my thoughts, check out biggerthancapes.com where there's a full review with pretty pictures. <laughs> good salesmanship i i I do agree with you i think whilst um ninja k was a good run i think it did kind of lose its direction towards the end and then we got killers was killers after that about the other ninjas yeah how did you read did you read them in singles both of you of course, yes. look, look at who you're talking to who who are we will (laughs) who are we because i i read all of ninja k in in trades and i again i just think it works better in those broader chunks mm. getting more more story in because it, it does it's cut it's that the plot sort of splays out at the end and i can imagine going yeah. week to week yeah. or month to month like not a lot happens individually but if you sit down and read it all in half an hour an hour or whatever it uh, it fits together much more but about this book i completely agree angela i think uh I think it's a really brave book for Valiant yes. because it is so different and not even different to Valiant, but just really different to either of the big two. You know, there's an argument to say that Valiant have sort of been trying to copy their mold oh, yeah. with varying levels of success. And I'm not as up to date with Valiant as you are, uh, but you know, it's not, it's not sounded very promising, <laughs> but Ninja. <laughs> yeah, but Ninjak probably is my favourite character. I think he's slowly become my favourite character because I tend to enjoy his books more. Um, and this is perhaps the best of them so far. Like, I'm really taken aback with how cool the stylized art is. Yeah. As you say, the, the colouring is really simple and flat, but incredibly effective. Mm. Uh, yeah, like, the colouring is some of the... That is, is, like, maybe the best part of this book. Like, the whole book is great, but, like, I love how, like, j- just the kind of, there's this bit where, like, Neville's having his, like, mind read, and the colours in that sequence are just, like, again, really simple, so, like, stark. Like, they have the sort of psycho, like, the psychedelia, like, the fact that like the lettering behind it is in like this weird yellow, like greeny yellow, and they're just stark green against a blue background. It's yeah, and like this, the 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 just 
simple colors. Like, there's rarely more than, like, three or four, like, three or four colors in a, mm. in a panel. Um, it's, there's no shading. Like, it's very, no. very 2D. But yeah. It's, it's great. absolutely gorgeous. Like, yeah. you know, I like, I like Javier Polito, like, anyway. Um, like, you know, I, I think I probably, like, the first time I, like, knowingly read some of his stuff was, I think, in Immortal Iron Fist, because uh, he does an issue or two. Um, yeah. There. Um, and, you know, did some, like, you know, did, did a bunch of other stuff, because he's, you know, he's been working since, like, the mid-90s. Um, the, the thing that always sticks with me is, was it She-Hulk that he did, like, a full-ish runoff the, with... Charles, um, Charles Soul. Yes, yeah. Yes. I feel like he did all of that. Maybe it wasn't all, but he did at least most enough. of enough. Yeah. Um, um, I'd forgotten about Iron Fist. Iron Fist was good. Yeah. Yeah, real good. Mm. Um. Yeah. So like, and it's just it's a a great looking. It's a great looking book. It's really like really simplistic without ever kind of as in it's it's well i say it's simplistic it's only simplistic in the sense of like it it minimizes kind of the the distractions whilst kind of including everything it needs to make the the to to, to make the sequence feel real yeah yeah it's it's great the kind of the action and movement and what's going on was never I was never confused. I was sort of yeah. never in doubt. Yeah. But as you say, like it stylizes things. There's a part a part where some gunmen come upon uh minor and Ninjak lobs one of their hands off. And instead of yeah. seeing like a sword going through a wrist, it's just kind of a shot of the top of their heads and his hand flying over yeah. it. And yeah, it's and everything like, you need to know. I, I like when a comic allows you to fill in the page the the panel yeah. gutters like you're you can fill that in with your mind yeah and, and it's, it's just like it, it, yeah when the blood is like flowing from the hand it's just like it's like a single connective string as mm-hmm. well like it's all yeah um yeah i i kind of like literally until the kind of last couple of pages where actual like superhero stuff comes up um like with the like after the 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 train derailment i was like oh this has kind of like a like a um queen and country feel in some ways like so i was just thinking like oh like this is a you know this could be a really good approach to ninjack and i mean i'm still still really excited like, like this is probably of the books that we've read for the show, probably the best, like Valiant book uh, that we that we've done. I think like, it's certainly the most yeah. unique and interesting, like from a, a, an art perspective, for sure. Yeah, I, and I think some of it is just like yeah, riding that high of the um, of just of the art being so so good, like because it is like a sort of it's like not a unique story, like in the sense of 
like you know the the an agent like a, a an outside agency gets like a, a knock list um or something like you know gets like all of the undercover like active field agents and stuff and like starts wiping them out you know that's about as common a sort of opening to us to like spy uh fiction as you can get but it very rarely looks this good mm-hmm. it's even a story and, arc that we've kind of seen in valiant before and we got the yeah. harbinger yeah oh yeah I'm, Silence list slightly being leaked from uh, Harada. Oh, I love Harada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Much missed. Much missed. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I'm interested to see kind of where they where they go with this. Like, you know, Ninjak does like like Ninjak coming in from the cold. Mm -hmm. Um, And stuff like is, you know, it's it's a it's a really amazing first issue and like, yeah. Very My overall hope is, like, let's be frank, I'm going to wait for the trade. It's who I am. Yes. But uh, my hope is that it does well because I think Valiant should be rewarded for taking a risk. Yeah. And yeah. I want them to do a bit more of it. And uh, getting in sort of cool, unique artists to do cool, unique books is cool and unique. <laughs> well said. Thank you. One thing that did stick with me is, whilst this looks so different and feels very different than everything else Valiant, they have put out a press release within the last about seven days to talk about how we're heading towards a big Valiant event where everything's going to cross over and we're really going to see that shared universe again. And looking at this compared to Shadow Man or Savage or Exo does make me think, yeah, but how? <laughs> yeah. I'd like a bit more time. Yeah, this doesn't look like the kind of book that's going to be crossing over with Bloodshot, or which really, I think reading this and knowing about that announcement in the back of my head is like, I don't see this version of Ninjak. I I think that, like, we don't know enough yet about this version of Ninjak for sure. Like, we know how... the the problem is a lot of the feel of this book so far is is the art and like that won't be replicated that's true so, yeah like because this isn't necessarily it's like, not flipping his character majorly no, is it? no. no. It's, no. it's not it, it's not sort of crossover big like summer crossover art i quite liked it when valiant mm. did their sort of smaller crossovers and the yeah. idea of a full yeah. universe crossover tended to be more hinted at than ever really shown so in things yeah. like um the book of death you kind of yeah. get a, a vision of the future where they all come together and mm. they've and yeah, built like their universe the they be yeah and they've expanded upon the universe quite a lot now and i think it becomes a bit unwieldy so i'd i'd be cool with a few crossovers of Sort of books that are in the kind of the same ballpark. More um, delinquents. We just need more delinquents. <laughs> this is yeah. everything will be okay. Yes. Agreed. Right. More delinquents. Yeah. More of this ninjack. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, anyone? No, I, I think that that's everything. Yeah, I, th- I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, what what a, what astonishing times we're living in. Speaking of astonishing times. <laughs> uh, um, hi, I'm Zach, and I'm here to introduce you all to Astonishing Times number one from Comixology Originals and Variant Comics. Uh, it was written by Frank J. Barbier and Alice uh, Quinones. Quinones. Aris Quinones. Uh, we've got art by Mr. Coleman. <laughs> Any takers on the first name? Ruari? Ruari Coleman. Colors by Lauren Affey. Letters by Taylor Esposito. And designed by Tyler Dodd. No, fuck me. Oh. <laughs> and designed by Dylan Todd, who I've just created a new name for. Designed by Dylan Todd. What is Astonishing Times, I hear you ask? What What is Astonishing Times? What is Astonishing Times? Sorry, I'm late. (laughs) Astonishing Times is set in a world where we have superheroes, but we're kind of ungrateful and don't really, you know, care, I guess. Uh, Fifteen years ago, there was a cataclysm, which I assume the heroes saved us from. um, And then we kind of take them for granted ever since that the main thread of this is that noah sands um is a reporter and he writes a column about astonishing times and about superheroes and about why superheroes are a good thing and why we need them more than ever a column he took over from his father jorge sands who seemingly died in said cataclysm in 1999 um that's that's kind of the bulk of the story here, other than the fact that under threat of losing his column, because nobody cares, um, Noah will be picked up by a mysterious man in a trench coat, giving the advice that a superhero has been murdered to death. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's what you're getting from me. Um, thoughts, enough. feelings, emotions? Can I just say, I really, I understand how Noah feels when no one reads his column. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Once again, if you don't want to read Angela's column, (laughs) (laughs) that's bigger than capes.com. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But on a more serious note, I'm not not entirely sure. yeah. If I'm no, honest, I'm not. I don't. I think there's quite a bit to like about it, and I just don't think there's enough of a story yet for me to really decide whether it's kind of worth pursuing. And bits of it are a bit derivative. Yeah, yeah. Very, I mean, got a big watchman. Yeah, our lead character appears to be Peter Parker. There's a cataclysm which <laughs> that happened a, f- a while ago, which we seem to have quite frequently in comics <laughs> these days. Like I think Black Hammer began the trend as the originator, yeah, but with crossover and others, <laughs> it just other, it's, it, other cataclysms are available. Catalyst Prime, come on, it's right there, guys. Come oh yeah, on. yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I should have known. I should have should have seen that title. one. But I guess this idea of superheroes, where people have just kind of gotten used to them, 
is a slightly different take to some I, of the others. Like it, it is slightly different than. I mean, hmm, it feels like it's a commentary on, like at least part of it is like a commentary on like superhero movies, like and the sudden sort of popularity over the last like 10 12 years um it was 2008 that iron man came out um and like there's a few bits of dialogue in there where it's talking about like how you can't walk down the street without like seeing you know like without being confronted in some way by like superheroes and stuff like that but like they're just so commonplace anymore that no one thinks about them. Mm-hmm. Like, that just kind of feels like a commentary on the place of superheroes in popular culture now. Like, mm-hmm. it's... I, I, I feel like I want... Uh, that Like, this... I don't know how I feel about this book. Like, I, I, yeah, part of it's plot, like, just not, not having enough there. Like, I mean, obviously, like, the, like, you, you, you know from the start that the, that Gold Rush, like, the superhero who, who, who is the, like, whose death is seemingly, like, the catalyst of this comic isn't dead. You see, like, them setting up, like, the body double. Yeah. Um, to do it and stuff like the thing like like and and then kind of the ending the ending page is like him showing up at a like at some sort of shadowy like agency or you know um place that has a plan to kind of help fix uh fix the world like either like he's being like mind controlled by this person who you know clearly has mind control powers or like it's it's this like you know to to talk about watchmen a little more like the like ozymandias mm-hmm. thing of like well you know to really save the world requires like sacrifice and kind of thing of like you know i I, I can't, you know, save, you know, like being a superhero ha- like, has only saved the world in so much as doing these small things ever since, you know, whatever the cataclysm was. Like, you know, like to actually save the world like requires something different that, you know, it's it feels like that sort of thing is the, is the idea that it's going to happen. There's going to be some sort of conspiracy in this regard. Hmm. That yeah. our like journalist main character is going to uncover, like the the um, the sort of there's this kind of Rorschach seeming figure. Like so far, he, he reads very sort of Rorschachy. Um, uh, Kokin, um, who you know has has samurai swords and bites uh, people. I guess um, like. He, you know, like, is... He he does have one cool thing, which is the butt of one of his katana has a taser in it that he fires at one point. I liked that. It's always cool. Um, yeah. that, that, that made me go, oh, that's that's cool. But, yeah, I just... 
I, I, I didn't get anything particular. I, I didn't come away from this with strong feelings. I, I can get that. I think what made me interested in this the most is one alternate superior universe is kind of our shtick. And the fact that the kind of press release they put out for this was about making it a love letter to the superior genre and then talking about the Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, All-Star Superman, the death of Gwen Stacy's influences, but then saying that they were looking to do something different with the genre and looking into what it is the superheroes represent. Yeah. Hope. But I think what made me curious is when you when you line up the Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, All Star Superman, and the death of Gwen Stacy, I immediately tune out and don't want to hear any more words from you. I Yeah. It, it's like listing comics so old that I just don't think they're relevant anymore. So I'm kind of interested to see a different spin on that. But for me, I don't think there's a different spin right now. This just feels... You're telling me the same setup as whilst Watchmen was, hey, there's superheroes and they suck. This is, hey, there's superheroes and we don't care. So it just... My, yeah. my hope is that, like, maybe, like each issue will kind of have like have a different feel to it in the sense of like the thing is like i'm interested to see if it if it actually subverts the subversion like that like watchmen and the others are like mm -hmm. or, or were like the subversion of the traditional idea of like the superhero and superhero comics and actually is a you know does manage to come away from it in a way that's positive and talks about actually actually talks about hope in a way that's maybe more convincing than this article that we get segments off. Yeah. It just doesn't feel very original. It just doesn't feel original enough. Like there is there is the possibility of originality and yet you've not really gone anywhere with it. It we'll does see. feel like a few kind of cobbled together ideas. I feel like I say this a lot, but it it feels like it, it, it hasn't benefited from being a single issue. No. There's a lot no. of setup. And it kind of suffers from the fact that the setup is in a world that we are all, as comic readers, very familiar with. So unlike a book, like a sci-fi book set in a different planet or what have you. Oh, with orcs. Full of orcs. The world building... <laughs> on its own can be interesting because it's a new world, but just setting the pieces in place in this is fairly mundane because like, we get it. Um, but I don't know. There's something still about it that I, that, that makes me want to see where it goes. I mean, as Matt said, there's yeah. a conspiracy in there, but it doesn't really tell you what oh, yeah, you don't, remotely I mean, you don't about. Expect, you don't expect that yet really with a first issue, but yeah. And it sort of has a kind of drive to it is that this journalist needs a big story and there's this superhero murder bait and switch, perhaps. It's kind of got a lot of the pieces, um, but as a standalone issue, yeah, I think it fails to really hook any of them. I think the art yeah. is mostly, mostly good. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't like his, his uh, children. Harper no. looks like like she's forty, but just really small. 
I was very confused by oh, that wow. child. I think that's a, a. I think quite a few comic <laughs> artists fall a bit short of children, don't they? But uh, everything else, I think, looks pretty good. I'm. Uh, okay. You know, right. it's hard not to compare it to the other things we've read, and comparing it to Ninjak, like it's not blowing me away. Mm. But I think it's really like competent. There's no mess in the action. Like you can see what's going on. Yeah. That's the, true. The, the hints at kind of superhero character design look quite cool. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. There's plenty there, but it just doesn't quite coalesce as a no. a single thing. And uh, I think, as you said, Angela, th- there is quite a lot just borrowed and kind of yeah it, it's like we've 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 taken all these superhero tropes and we've put them in a blender but we've not actually made anything new it still tastes the same yeah and, and using that's fine like black hammer does it to the point that the characters are tropes so you don't really need to learn who they are you can get on with the story so sometimes those tropes can be used very effectively yeah I'm it's not, just not so sure here. no it's it's not a bad book but it just doesn't feel like yeah. it is excelling in what it's trying to do. Again, I feel like give it another maybe two issues and I might be saying something really different. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's got potential, but it's slight at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the strongest first issue. No. Um I am, I am curious enough as to where it's going to go and if we are going to get this, you know, hopeful Watchmen type thing. I don't know. My, one, of, one of the things that did immediately strike me and ties back to what we've, something we've already talked about is um, isn't hopeful Watchmen Astro City? Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how... It seems strange to list the influences as the the, the dark and the gritty. Just it, it just seems strange to list your, all the dark and gritty influences and ignore the you know shiny happy ones, unless it is a kind of um, like when people take things from another popular song and it's like, hey, no, no, you know, I'm, I've never even heard of Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I like the yeah <laughs> vanilla ice. Breaking vanilla ice breaking down the beats to explain. There's you. an extra ding, or yeah, one less goes. ding. I can't not, remember. Yeah, it's not the same. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I can forgive some of that stuff as marketing bump. Like it's probably yeah, quite hard to yeah. stand out, particularly as making a superhero comic that doesn't have uh, a movie already tied to it. It's probably pretty tough. So throwing those names out from a marketing perspective, I kind of understand. Like, although we disagree to varying degrees, they're considered some of the kind of classics of the genre. So I I see why you throw them out there. I don't see it in the book at all. I don't see those, no. those specific influences no. outside of Watchmen and broadly yeah. the world. But it doesn't read like Watchmen. It doesn't... No feel like Watchmen and he doesn't feel like any of the other books mentioned so I think I can put that aside and just you know kind of judge the book on its own merits be what yeah, they may I, I yeah. agree with that. 
yeah. it is annoying that they do it, but I guess it's a necessary evil for trying to sell yeah. something. Yes. And Comixology are really trying to sell this one because it's one of the flagship originals. So yeah, yeah. I think I, th- I think the um, variant website, uh, the YouTube channel, is pretty popular, and I think they're banking on sort of his crowd, Aris Kinones, to bring in uh, other readers from basically from Marvel and DC. He does a lot of videos about those, so. Mm. You know, I think they might have something. You know, they might have a a, a a ready and willing market for this book. Yeah. And again, I feel like this could surprise me within a, within like two issues. I think maybe I don't necessarily feel like a second issue is necessarily enough. But yeah, by the third, I feel like I I even like yeah you know, I I could enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Bermuda, Bermuda is the name of the comic. <laughs> Uh, written and lettered by John Lehman, uh, with art by Nick Bradshaw, and uh, colours by Leno Grady. Um, Bermuda is basically like... So you know the Bermuda Triangle? Makes people disappear. Yeah. yeah. It does make people disappear. I can't this... remember the rest of the Barry Manilow song. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this book is where they go to um, when they have disappeared, but not like seemingly not all of them, but at least like the 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 big ones, you know, your Amelia Earhart's and and such, probably here. You, have you um, got an, another to name, Matt? I'm trying to remember. There are a few um, like ships that were supposed to have sunk there, like, but she's the big one. Titanic, Black <laughs> Pearl, you know. Oh yeah, sure, the Titanic. <laughs> Um, HMS Shag at sea. <laughs> but yeah, like so it's uh basically like a a plane uh is caught in a storm um around uh Bermuda, uh specifically around the triangle. <laughs> uh and it's like a private jet owned by like the Owned by like uh, the um, oh my god oh my god my brain uh, the Randolph uh, Corporation um, and the directors like two children plus their bodyguard are aboard when it's brought down and they wash up on an island full of like sea creature monsters and like Komodo dragons. The, like giant Komodo dragons that are like used as like cool mounts, and you know, fortunately, like uh, our well, one of our main characters so far, uh, like Bobby, is uh, is rescued by uh, the islands, like the the first like inhabitant of the island that we meet, uh, Bermuda, who has like lived all her life on here seemingly, um, and. Like knows the island, knows how to survive, um, and helps him escape. Like the 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 Mer people who are like there to capture slaves and take and uh, take Bobby's sister um, as a as a slave to uh, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's a fun little like adventure 
story so far. Um, oh, I forgot like the best character, Camo, who is just a cool chameleon lizard uh, that's giant and that they ride on. You know, has a saddle and everything. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like so far, it's just like a, an adventure comic set in you know your sort of land before time sort of situation of like sorry land that time forgot not land before time there's no like there's no tiny little dinosaurs that are you know all friends you know and talking about like tree stars never rule it out man um, <laughs> i mean but, i i was thinking about how i might describe this book in case it was it was mine to do and uh, the closest I got to was, what if Oliver Cl- Queen landed in Never Neverland and met Rufio? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fair. See, see, my go-to was going to be, you know the far, far away that we talk all about all the time? From oh, yeah. Far far yeah. 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 I, I thought my brain went, oh, this is a bit like the setup of Savage, isn't it? Yes. Like the original run of Savage before he came back to London and killed dinosaurs, that's by the by. But yeah, it just reminded me of that, and I couldn't get over that. I mean, it's not the most uncommon, um, like, story. You know, as far back as something like, you know, Robinson Crusoe, or like the Swiss Family Robinson Mm. sort of situation. Like, it's a fairly common trope like the 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 you know the person lost at sea who washes up on like a mysterious island um it's just like these days some of it is like i mean the twist with savage is that it also you know is is kind of the universe that it also takes place in um and like you know that it's not a a world that is already presumed to be mundane, like with Savage, like that's, you know, like, yeah, because, you know, the, like, superheroes and such exist already in a book like Savage, whereas this is, like, you know, from a, you know, this is a seemingly mundane um, world, as far as we know, um, with the, with the supernatural or, like, non, sort of, yeah, fan- with the fantastical seemingly just existing here. Mm. Um, I I quite I quite enjoyed this. Um, it is like I say, like fair, like fairly cliche, um, but it's a fun telling of it so far. Like I'm. Oh quite looking forward to seeing where it goes like it's got you know like a whole like you know, you know the the whole kind of like back home um the military is you know already knows about this phenomenon and is trying to exploit it um the like yeah, it's 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 it, it has the potential to be quite to to be quite fun. Plus, giant chameleon. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think the giant chameleon is probably the best bit for me. I wasn't. I probably didn't enjoy it as much as you, Matt. I'll be honest. Yeah, it, probably. It 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 just lacked something for me. I think it was the same problem I had with Astonishing Times. Is that 
there's nothing in here that's particularly original and it didn't feel like it was doing enough with the tropes that it had yes. and the setup that it had. I wanted it. I I liked it. And I think Bobby was an interesting main character. I think Bermuda's an interesting character from what we see of her. Um, there is Camo, the giant chameleon. But at the same time, I wanted something a bit more original with a different mm. feel. The pacing felt a little bit weird because I sort of got to the end. I was like, okay, then it felt like both a lot happened and not a lot happened. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to like it, it more than I did because I like John Layman, but yeah. this is not, it doesn't yeah. quite feel like 20 pages worth of things happen. No, like I'll, I'll definitely say that. I can agree with some of your criticisms there, Angela. But actually, I quite, I quite enjoyed this. I, uh, I think the art is 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 nice. I think it's really colourful, and I think in certain moments, like the forest is incredibly detailed. There's a point when they're uh, riding camo into where Bermuda lives, we presume, and that kind of double page spread, I just think looks really great. I mean, it yeah. does play into some yeah. tropes I'm into. That kind of technology reclaimed by nature. Um, fish out of water, you know, sort of preppy, preppy kid stuck in the jungle, but the jungle that has magic and pirates and mer people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a bit differently to Astonishing Times for me, I think it set out its main A to B is much clearer. Is yeah. they need to save his sister and they need to get home ultimately so i think it's a much simpler narrative but i think that benefits the book in this case and um i think that the last two page epilogue is actually really good storytelling i think it tells you a huge amount about the world back home who their father is what's going on in in two pages and quite little dialogue i was impressed actually by how much information that managed to get across and set up the sort of that's the most efficient storytelling in here. Like, definitely. yeah, because you're right. The rest of it is actually quite, um, quite, it, it, I don't know what the word is, man. Like decompressed. Decompressed is a good word. A great yeah. Word. So it's quite decompressed. Um, and yeah, not a lot happens. Most of it is just running away from mer people. <laughs> most yeah. of the pages of the book yeah. but actually I really really like the art particularly in those sections because I just think the forest in every bit like I've, I've complained in the past of just sort of coloured backgrounds um, and little detail to indicate sort of where people are and I thought this did the exact opposite so, yeah they are so yeah, good yeah I agree with you it's not it's not very original um but I kind of I just enjoyed the experience in this one. I think more so than uh, Astonishing Times. Yeah. So, so this is an art point that maybe only Angela will get, and I don't know why. But I just think like you're maybe the only other person here who's read any cross gen. Um, Go on. Does doesn't Bermuda? in just everything about her design especially on the cover look like a, look like a character who could have been in like a cross gen book like yes. uh, 
like Scion or Sigil or like Meridian or something. She did look familiar, and now you have elaborated as to why she looks familiar. She looks like <laughs> such a cross-gen character, and I love it. That like that cover gave me big cross-gen vibes, um, and I was well, very right. happy. Lost on me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, and Zach, I think, on- has only ever really heard me talk about cross-gen at him at various points. Um, what, what did you think of this book, Zach? Um, I think Will is correct on largely pretty much every count. Um, you know it. <laughs> I, I read this book last, I think. Mm-hmm. And out of all the books this month, this is the comic that is like just chilled out. And I yeah. I think that really yeah. saved it. I think Orcs in Space felt like it was just packed with stuff all the time. I think Astonishing Times has given itself like a really high bar of what it thinks it's going to do, but doesn't do and i think ninjak whilst is a really good issue and a really good departure from other kinds of ninjak yeah i stand by it unfortunately i think it's kind of come at a time where i don't really care enough for about that so the fact that this was just chilled out and like good old adventure yeah and kind of felt like was it uh, Jonna and the Impossible something. Oh, the Impossible yeah, Monsters. Impossible. This kind of felt like... For people. That's right. This felt like John Lehman's attempt at that. And also, yeah. anytime John Lehman does lettering, yeah. and it, is. It, it just yeah. reminds me of Chew, and that yeah. just makes me happy in a That's general sense. Um, also, the, the last page is, I think Will's right, and it does do quite a lot of good setup. But also the absolutely final page where it's like Bermuda explaining the map of the island. Oh, yeah. Islands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A triangle. so many things I want to know. Yes. Triangle. That's important. A triangle. I guess. They do seem to make an important point of of pointing that out at the very beginning of the book in the intro. And I wonder whether it is going to have any point. I I almost feel like it, it will, but probably a much stupider point than yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we might all, like. i i do love though that it features um pirate town viking village mm-hmm. um like spider forest mount calamity megalodon cove i love that little map it feels like it should be a maze that you're trying to solve whilst you're waiting for your like kiddies meal Absolutely, like, yeah. When you, when you know yeah. you're like when you're like six or seven, and a Chuck E. Cheese, we don't really yeah. have those. No, no. <laughs> Charles, Charles, Charles Entertainment Cheese. I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> what's our equivalent of like a Chuck E. Cheese. Is it like um like the wacky, wacky warehouse? warehouse? Yeah, okay. yeah. Cl- clearly two of us think it's wacky warehouse. Yeah, Charlie Chalks. I'll go with Charlie that. Chalks. I remember Charlie Chalks. Uh, oh. Kind of yeah. a thing of the past, yeah. aren't they now? Yeah, just oh, a yeah. pub with a ball pit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. I, I think if you bring that back though for adults and just make oh, the whole did. pit 
Hold up the ball pit. There's like adult soft play stuff everywhere. You're forgetting God, the all most. My ideas are five minutes too late. You're forgetting the biggest detractor yeah. though. Vomit in the ball pit. Oh God. Yeah. You can't have adults alcohol and ball pit. Hello, no. band name. <laughs> vomit in the ball pit. I think vomit in the ball pit sounds like you have oh, to yeah, be like the... a ska punk band. But I was going to say, did you, yeah. see them on the, did you see them on the list for the Manchester Punk Festival? <laughs> <laughs> I I I think we've got nearly a year. I think there's plenty of time for us to all collectively form Vomit in the Ball Pit and get books for the Punk Festival. Vomit in the Ball Pit. Who's with me? Sounds like there was a there was a Fred Armisen, um, like uh, bit where he's like a a, like where he's at a wedding and it's like giving his like speech and stuff and he's talking about his old his old band. Yeah, um, yeah, I know yeah, fist, yeah, fist fight in the parking lot. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good scare. It's a good name. I don't know I what think, the point is anymore, but no, but I, just, I think I'm ready um, to. I think I'm ready to give my monthly list. Oh yeah, me too. Well, if if you're ready, will go first, please. <laughs> I think actually, as we've done. Going into this, I wasn't quite as sure, and as we've discussed them, it's really cemented it in my mind. Fourth place is Orcs in Space. Oh, wow. I think for other people, I think it will be a really fun book, but it's missing it for me. Uh, third place is Astonishing Times. I don't think it did quite enough as a first issue, but for some reason, I will find out what happens next and then judge <laughs> it on that. As we're Orcs in Space, I feel like I've sort of had enough. Second place is Bermuda. Um, I think I agree like with Zach's point of view there that it's just good old-fashioned, like pulpy sci-fi adventure. Um, I think that's going to be a fun and easy read. But number one, it's got to be Ninjak this week. I think the art is top. I, As I say, don't read as much Valiant as you guys, so I've not been burnt out in the same way. And uh, yeah, I was kind of ready for this update of the character, Angela mentioned earlier as well, it does a really good job of catching up kind of what you need to know mm-hmm. and then cracking on with a, I hope, a cool story. But the art really blew me away on that. That's my four. Uh, yeah. Um, Zach, how about you? Sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I'm going to start by, as is rarely seen, agreeing with Will. Christ, this feels... Oh, we're in a weird, weird world. Especially Um, because I'm going to disagree with Will. Um, So, in fourth, I'm going to go Orcs in Space. I think it's fun, and I'm probably going to read a bit more of it, but I think I would be happy to wait for the trade. Um, Three, I'm going to go Astonishing Times. Um... I just think it's not given me enough of a hook. And whilst it's clearly got quite grand intentions, I don't know if we've seen those intentions much. Um, Maybe issue two will really nail it and we'll get like, you know, a thing. Also, don't put a superhero on the cover that doesn't appear in that issue. Yeah. It's a thing they do. I, well, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. 
it's not a bad thing, but it made me feel like Infinite mattered. And at the moment, I think the Infinite... In, infinite? In... <laughs> infinite. <laughs> I don't... At the moment, I don't think Infinite is going to matter. I think he's just going to be a name drop and a t-shirt. I, I think he will. I think Even him it's and... just as a legacy. Based on based on the tropes that they have uh, borrowed, I'll say kindly at this point, or homaged is even kinder yeah, still. Yeah. My prediction is that both um, Infinite and Noah's dad will be somewhere else and will have been living in some other dimension and will both come back <laughs> and be in porn. Oh, maybe because, yeah, or maybe because, they're the same person. I don't because, think that. Ooh, that'd be nice. But that's, I mean, yeah, uh, I not sure I, but <laughs> i don't think they look anything alike but then okay. again clark kent and superman don't look anything alike either. that's true yeah wow um so yeah we'll see where that goes um maybe we will um it variant did talk about on the youtube channel i can't remember the man's name aris did talk did, did tell us all the powers of all the heroes so i feel like they must appear at some point because can you imagine planning out a full character like what their powers are what their weaknesses are and then going we're not going to include them but how cool would they be that's, that's world building that's like subconscious world building so you know they don't appear but they're there do the Jonathan Hickman version where you create the character design the character but then just print a document that tells you this not. Yes. <laughs> I yes. kind of applaud, applaud the bait and switch, sell it on superheroes, then just don't include any. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just zero. No, no, no superheroes going forward. Uh, anyway, the point I believe was yeah. Uh, <laughs> Your ranking. Yeah. This is where I'm going to diverge from Will, and I'm going to put Ninjak in number two. <gasps> I I think it's a really good Ninjak. Um, it's I was going to try and make some kind of Ninjak pun then, but I don't have one. Um, it's ninjectional. No, that sounds <laughs> <laughs> sounds oddly erotic, but I don't know why. No. <laughs> um, I don't know what that was going to mean. It's it's a good issue. I think the art is uh, really good throughout and really different for Valiant. I think it breaks away from that kind of house style we see, and the design work and paneling is. Really good, especially with yeah, just just really good. It's a good issue. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to head in issue two. I, I maybe maybe Valiant don't know. That's often seems to be the case. <laughs> um, the but I, I think it's going to be a fun, weird ride. Um, and then in number one, I, I think Bermuda. I think I'm a big John Lehman guy. Um, I don't think there's many of us, but. <laughs> Literally dozens. Um, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. I, uh, I, I think it's weird enough, and I think we've got a real weird cast of characters introduced. We've got mer people, the threat of Vikings and dinosaurs and pirates and megalodons. That's that's a I high bar. Of, and if it wasn't, if I'd not read Chew, I would think that was just like set dressing on a map. But because I've read Chew, I'm like, yeah, of course, this is like base level John Lehman. This is downright, you know, not even trying. I bet some of them have got some kind of ludicrous food-based powers. Tarty <laughs> and ninja stars, baby. 
That was a Tortilla Ninja Stars was a power and chew, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Weapons made out of tortilla chips or tortilla wrap. I don't know. Tortilla weapons. <laughs> General tortilla <laughs> arsenal. Um. So yeah, Bermuda is is number one. Um, and not just because of the chameleon steed. Is steed the right word? Yeah. Mounts. No, yeah. Noble, noble steed. steed. A noble chameleon steed. <laughs> don't think I'm ready. I don't know what's happened in the last like hour. My brain is just fried. Uh, somebody else say some things. Uh, Angela, what's, what's your uh, top four? It would be me. Well, I'm going to disagree with both Will and Zach. So that's fun, isn't it? Um, be this is the first time we have four different lists. We, this is exciting. No, I, I'm, I'm expecting. I'm kind of thinking Angela and I might have the same list. Oh no, I think our two oh, we might the will, the will will just crack if we agree. Anyway, <laughs> um, so at number four, I would have put Astonishing Times. Um, it's absolutely fine. I liked it. I will be reading more. But it just didn't do anything new for me. Mm-hmm. It just it. I need something a little bit more original. Um. So, yeah, I have nothing more to say on that. Um, at number three, I'm going to go Orcs in Space because I just, I, it's Orcs in Space, isn't it? It's, it amused me. <laughs> I laughed at it. And, yeah, not all the jokes landed, but it was just reminded me of all those Star Trek parodies. And it works, it works well. Just, you know, poking fun at tropes and science fiction. And also it has, you know really thoughtful orcs um and then at number two i'm going to say bermuda because even though it didn't do anything original it did it way better than astonishing times did for me and it had better art um and it was just quite pretty and i want to see the megalodons and i'm really hoping that those appear um and then number one it kind of has to be ninjak because Valiant own my soul, and I am contractually obligated <laughs> to place a Valiant book at number one. Um, but no, it's it's fresh, it's original, it's something different from them. I am worried about how that's going to go in the future because we've been here before with Valiant. We will be here again, no doubt. Um, and I hope it gets a fair shake and it doesn't just end up as a limited run, and then we're just going to try and reboot the universe again um, because reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Angela. Go on, Matt. Don't panic. <laughs> like, oh, this is just don't, please don't panic. Roll it out. This could be a historic we, moment. We have the same order. Oh, no. Oh, um, that's why, that's why it just that. thundered over my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah, like, number four for me is Astonishing Times. I feel like, like you say, a few more issues and it might be great. Um, I have no experience with the with like the creators. I, I don't think, at least. Um, so I don't know what to expect. I don't know if this, like, is this? You guys seem to know a little bit more about them. Like, is this their first actual sort of comic, like writing or like creating an actual comic? experience for uh, variant comics yes but frank j barbier is a comic writing man <laughs> to be honest yeah 
Aris, no, Aris Quinones is the only one I heard of, and uh, yeah. yeah, he runs a, a YouTube channel. So I think he is, you know, entrenched in comics, but uh, but like not I mean, as data. Yeah, I think it's tellingly that it telling that it's co-written. Like I think that's you know often yeah. what what will happen I, if a sort of celebrity-ish kind of name comes in. I think they'll tend to give a co-writer. Yeah, so, just I what, I sorry, go on. What I'm hearing is that if we keep this up, at some point, <laughs> Comicsology Originals yeah, is going to come back at some point you'll We can write a generic superhero comic too. Hey, <laughs> uh, that's a little cool. That's, that's uh, harsh, Well, yeah, We can write any kind harsh. of comic as generic <laughs> as you write. like. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I, I, I didn't really know the creators, really, for this, so I don't know kind of what to expect really like but i feel like like you say a few more issues and it could genuinely be really good i think they just need a bit of time to show what the actual kind of twist on this will be and for me to get an actual feel for the book mm-hmm. um and for the for the characters and stuff like um then it's uh orcs in space i yeah like I I really enjoyed this. It's dumb as hell, but like I just I liked the I liked the characters for the most part. Like um they're they're fun. It's a like dumb as hell. Like it's a dumb as hell book. Um but I I I love Kravis, man. Um he's a little orc. And he's he's a good friend. Enough to get it into number three. Um, like it could, like it 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 wasn't it wasn't anything incredible, but I had a lot of fun reading it. Uh, so yeah, in like number two is Bermuda. Um, again, like really enjoyed it. Um, has the potential to be like really fun in a sort of like Pippi Longstockings kind of like Swiss family Robinson Robinson Crusoe sort of situation with like the military industrial complex added in. Yeah, like I really enjoyed it. Looks like looks occasionally like a cross gen book, which is big points. And then yeah, in uh, first place was Ninjak. Like Ninjak, I, I think it's as good as the rest of it is, I, it, it, it's the art just was fantastic. Story has potential. It'll feel weird, like to to, to see Ninjak not in this art for a while, which is why, like I was saying earlier, about the crossover is going to feel weird. But I, I'd like to see where they go with this, what they decide to kind of set up as the new equilibrium for for like Ninjak. And yeah, the stars aligned, and for the first time in history, I think Angela and I had complete agreement on order of books. Yeah, worrying. Like we we are living though in astonishing times. <laughs> <laughs> we are living in Ninjak. Yeah, and that's us. 
Yeah, that's all about this. That's us done. Um, so I guess we'll be back next week for something, something or other. I don't really Hooray! know what we're doing back, guys. Um, but uh, we have been, yeah, until then, yeah, we, we've been Angela, Will, Matt, Zach, collectively, bigger yep. than capes. Yep, and remember that comics. Uh, a bigger, bigger than, than capes. capes.